You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. It's our desire to make the kingdom of God known in Portsmouth as it is in heaven. Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? It's good to see you. Uh, Whether you're at church for the very first time today or whether you've been part of King's for years and years and years, uh, you are so, so welcome. I wonder when was a time when you saw courage, courage in yourself or courage in someone else, Uh, because that's what we're going to have a look at today. What is it to have courage? And we have been going through a little series about resilient faith, and we've been looking at characters in the Old Testament. The Old Testament is the bit of the Bible before Jesus was on earth, and we've been looking at different characters and what we can learn from their lives, from the things that they did well, from the things that they didn't do so well, and how that can impact our own lives. And today we're having a look at Deborah and her courage. But just to recap, we had a little uh, a little strap line for our resilient faith, which is resilient faith is a posture of our heart, our mind and our soul to remain steadfast in following Jesus while living in a culture in opposition to that pursuit. And if you want to hear a little bit more about that, uh, I encourage you to check out our very first podcast of uh, this year um, and just Uh, goes into a little bit more detail about that. But today uh, we're going to have a look at Deborah and we're going to have a look at courage. And I think we've got a definition of courage that we can have up on the screen. Uh, Some mental or moral courage to venture, persevere and withstand danger, fear or difficulty. Courage is a kind of feel the fear and do it anyway. And the Bible talks a lot about courage. We have that as well. Trusting in the Lord, our true source of strength, I think is a good definition of courage in the Bible. The Bible talks about it being in good cheer, which sounds very jolly. But I think what it means is we don't have to do this through gritted teeth and through terror. We can actually have joy and I'm going I'm to have courage here can kind of build up our souls to have courage. A few years ago, Paul and I were with a group of people, um, some friends, some people that we didn't know, and we were on this trip, and part of the trip was to go over this rope bridge, and we'd never done it before, and people that had done it were really bigging it up. I think I'd imagined it to be a bit bigger than it was, but it was this rope uh, from a hill to another hill. I thought we were going to kind of do a trek round, but no, you walked across this rope bridge and back again. But the people that had done it before absolutely loved it, and they were kind of bigging one another up, building their courage to walk across this rope bridge. People were standing at one end and trying to walk and it was a whole group activity. And I looked around and there was this lady that I didn't really know. I'm going to call her Elizabeth. And she was sat there and just looked so, so fearful. And so I went to go and chat to her and she's like, I don't think I want to do this. And I went into the conversation thinking, I'm going to come and be full of courage. I'm going to come on, let's do this together. Let's do it. I don't really like heights, but we can do this together. You can come after me. And then suddenly she said, you know, I don't think it's about the rope bridge. And she started telling me a little bit of her story. And, you know, in that moment... I was really aware that courage looks different for different ones of us at different times. For some, it's a physical obstacle. It's something about, I'm going to overcome a direct fear in this moment. 
Sometimes it's being vulnerable and talking to someone that looks like they might have a listening face and, and just telling them a little bit of our story. And so courage looks different for different ones of us in different places. So we're going to have a look at Deborah. Now, Deborah is found in the Old Testament in the book of Judges. So last week, Jess did a great job of talking um, about Moses. And then after Moses comes Joshua. Joshua didn't really leave an heir or a, a leader that he could hand over to. And so there's this kind of gap um, in leadership with the Israelites, the people of God. And Deborah is one of the most uh, influential people of that time. And she was a judge. But it wasn't a judge as in Judge Judy, kind of, you know, the wig and the court and the jury. It wasn't that. A judge in those times was somebody who was really wise, somebody that people looked towards, somebody that um, had connection with God, who could hear from God um, and who could speak into the people, someone who was a leader, a leader raised up by God, particularly in this moment, to lead the people from oppression and to administer justice. And so judges sought guidance from God. They were praying to God. They would hear from him. They would meditate on him. And they would often give out good advice and kind of judging on a matter. And that's where that word came from. And it was on ability. So any able people from the community could be this. So this opened up an opportunity for Deborah in a world that was very male-orientated. Deborah rose to become a leader. And at that time, Israel, the nation, had a big problem. We're told in the Bible that they did evil in the sight of the Lord. And I want us to try and pattern match things of this story and what's going on in our nation and our world today. And so the Lord raised up judges and there's this overarching story that whatever was going on in the world, that God would not abandon his people. That's good news for us, right? That whatever is going on in the world, whatever's going on with us, that God does not abandon his people. And so this conflict was continuous. The leaders were rising up for the community and we enter Deborah. She's a leader. She listens to God. She gives good counsel. She has prophetic words. She hears from God. She uh, gives words to people. She's like a warrior woman. I really like Deborah. I think she's great. And she was known for her wisdom. She was respected by people. And the Israelites would come to her to settle disputes. And we're told that she used to sit under a palm tree in the hill country. And people would come to her and uh, seek out her advice. A kind of outdoor therapy room, if you like. And people would uh, come and speak to her. She was known as the mother of Israel. We don't know if she was literally a mother as in giving birth. But she was a spiritual mother looking after the people of Israel. She guided and shepherded God's people. And so we come into the story. There's a bit of a warning. It's a bit like a kind of crazy Hollywood film, this story. But we come into the story knowing that Deborah is one of our main characters with another guy called Barak, who was the military leader on the Israelites. So it's Deborah and Barak, and they are versus the Canaanites. 
the Canaanites were the people that were against the Israelites. And we have two people on the Canaanite side, Jabin and Sisera. And they are the people that are in this story. There's a king and an army commander. And I'm just going to read bits of the story. If you want to read the whole story when you get home, check out Judges uh, chapter 4 and 5. But I'm just going to pick out um, the relevant verses. So it starts. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Now that Ehud was dead, he was a good guy. They were cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. So they'd had a rough time for 20 years and they cried to the Lord for help. I wonder what we do when we've had a rough time. Is that our first thing? Or do we try and fix it ourselves? Or do we cry to the Lord for help? Now Deborah, a prophet, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah in the hill country. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Then later on we read, she sent for Barak and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel commands you. That's full on, right? He commands you, the Lord commands you, but she was so confident. And so she gives these uh, instructions to Barak. She says that he's to bring 10,000 troops up to the mountain to attack Sisera um, and to basically have war. Now, we've got to read this story, taking the message of the story, okay? This isn't promoting war. This is us reading it and understanding the context at the time. And so Barak, this military leader, says, to this woman who sits under a palm tree giving out good advice he says to her well if you go with me I will go but if you don't go with me I won't go this great military leader this warrior that should have been ready for battle is like yeah okay I believe that you've heard from God and I'm up for going but I'm not going unless you come with me and so Deborah straight away gives him courage because he hasn't got the courage to go unless Deborah goes with him. He, you know, he's got faith. We read later on in the Bible in Hebrews that he's known for his faith. So he's got faith in God that God can do this. He just hasn't got the courage to go unless Deborah goes with him. And so we read Deborah straight away. She says, certainly I will go with you, says Deborah. But because of the course you're taking, the honour will not be yours. For the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. She's like, of course I'm up with you. Of course I'm going to help you have courage to do uh, what God is saying. But you're not going to get the honour because you're not kind of doing the whole thing. You're going to need some more courage here. And so Deborah goes. Sisera has this massive army. We're told it's 900 chariots made of iron. That is a big army. And she delivers this message and she says, Has not the Lord, the God of Israel, commanded you? And I wonder what our 900 chariots of iron are. What are those things that we feel like we're battling against? What are those things that we feel really fearful of? What are those things that we're like, okay, God, I can go, but I need a friend to help me. What are those things in our life that are encroaching on us? You know, Deborah didn't engage in battle, but her presence bolstered Barak's courage to fight victoriously in that battle. 
And God showed up in miraculous ways. And actually, Barak's side, they won. Sisera flees for his life. He ends up taking refuge in a tent in a woman called Jali, who ends up, and this is the Hollywood warning of the film, a warning, she ends up striking a tent spike through his head while he slept, harsh, But it fulfilled the prophecy that Deborah said that because of his faltering courage, the Bible says there will be no glory for you for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. And that came about. That was true. And so if we try and see through the violence of this story, we see that God is with his people And that taking time to hear from him and having the courage to act on him, that God is with it. To understand Deborah's story, I'm going to suggest that we understand a little bit more of the context of which she was in. That we understand the Christian narrative of the world. We understand our place in the story, where we might be, and try and see a meaning in our own story. Very, very briefly, it can be summed up by five words, and that is creation, where God made the earth, and let's not focus on the how, because I know there's lots of uh, different thoughts on that, but the who, that God is a creator God. We then went into crisis. The world just d- went wrong. It didn't, it didn't do what, what uh, it, we could have done. And there was this cycle of people doing evil in God's sight, of people receiving and being on the other end of evil and just going round and round, calling out help for God, trying to get on the right path and then just going through this cycle. But we're told that Christ, of course, is the answer to this, that he's our rescuer. And that eventually there will be a celebration where we get to spend time with God forever. And so briefly, that is the story that we find ourselves in. And so in Deborah's context, the Israelites are doing evil in God's sight. They're receiving evil. They're on the other side of evil. They're probably worshipping other gods. And that brings a a consequence. And so sometimes they're feeling suffering. And sometimes they're feeling oppressed. And so they cry out for help and God sends them a saviour to deliver them. And then there's peace for a time until the cycle begins again. And I wonder if we can relate to that. Are there cycles in our own life where we're experiencing evil, where we're experiencing really bad things? And we feel like we're really suffering. We feel like we can see the consequence and we call out to God for help. And he sends a saviour. He sends not a judge or an earthly king, but he sends Jesus as our rescuer and our saviour. And we find peace in our own life. And you know, this cycle, this storyline in Deborah's time, it happens uh, six times in Judges. From chapters 3 to 16, six times they go through this cycle. And I wonder if we feel like we're on a cycle. Maybe there's an addiction. Maybe there's a really just difficult family situation, financial situation, just the stuff of life, broken relationships, whatever it might be. Maybe you're on a really positive cycle, and that's amazing. Come share with us. But maybe you feel like you're just going round and round this cycle, and it looks good, and then it starts again. 
the cycle goes round and round, that maybe we go our own way, maybe we fall back and we withdraw from God. Maybe we look to other things instead of God and we're experiencing a bit of suffering. We're crying out to help and God, we know, sends Jesus as our saviour. And then, just as Israel had a choice, whether or not they carried on living in peace or whether they started the cycle again, so do we have a choice that we can continue to live in peace with God, we can continue to live walking alongside him because we know the end of the story. We know the end of the story. We know that Jesus came as our rescuer. We know that where there was death, Jesus brings life. We know that he was raised from the dead three days later. We know that God has a celebration of heaven on earth in mind for us, that we can have a hope for the future. I'm just going to finish off by just pulling out a couple of things about Deborah's life. She had courage. She was in a place where apparently faithless people turned to following a faithful God. In Deuteronomy we read, Know therefore that the Lord your God is a God, he is a faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. We can be part of those generations. Even though Barak looks like he kind of bottles it and God takes away the bit of his glory, you know, we can really trust in a God that does what he says he does. And we can call on that God to ask for courage to do what he is calling us to do. I wonder what that might look like. In society, there's great figures of heroes who were courage. I think of Wilberforce, who looked at, he was the leader of the movement to abolish the slave trade. Maybe we're not called to do big things like that. Maybe we can just have our eyes open to our local society. We can do some reading up with elections coming up. Whatever it might be, we can speak justice into our situation. Maybe it's in the workplace. There's lots of things you've probably seen about uh, the post office and people speaking into an unjust situation. My friend's dad worked for a pub once and he went down to the cellar and he saw the managers watering down the drinks. And he had a choice and he chose to be courageous and he chose to report it. And he ended up actually changing his job because of it. There's moments in time in our society, in our workplace. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's to have the courage just to have that conversation, that tricky relationship. Maybe those of you that are parents and carers is having that courage to just kind of stick to those boundaries, even though it's so, so difficult. Courage can look so different for any of us. But Deborah stood out amongst her peers. Deborah stood out. She wasn't the stereotype for that culture. And maybe that's what we need courage for, not to be the stereotype in our culture. Do we have the courage to stand out amongst our peers? I wonder where we can activate courage in our lives. Deborah had amazing courage. The moral and mental features that define a person. She had moral courage. In times where everybody did what they wanted to do in their own sight, she looked to God. She stood unwaveringly and put her trust in God and his guidance. And when her friend wasn't confident, she initiated and she prophesied and she stood by him. 
Maybe that's the courage that we need today, to stand by a friend that needs that extra courage. Deborah knew who she was. Her identity was in God. Do you know what she did after this battle? She sang. She sang worship to God. And we read in the next chapter that she sang. She worshipped God. They sing this victory song. Uh, not taking the glory for themselves, but giving the glory to God. And we read that she says, awake, awake, Deborah. And it's like in the song, she's like awaking her spirit, awake to what God is doing. And I just really feel that's for us today, that there's people here that you're kind of wanting, you're needing to get awake to what God is doing. Awake my soul. Maybe I felt a bit, a bit sleepy and, you know, we've just come out of January and it's a bit of a hibernation month and maybe physically and spiritually we're wanting to awake ourselves and go into spring and go into the new, uh, listening to what God will have for us. Awake, awake, she says. And then she says, the, the earth shook, the heaven poured. I really sense today that there's people that the earth, the earth just feels like it's shaking for you. It doesn't feel stable. And you're needing a bit of heaven. You're needing a bit of pouring out of heaven of God's love. And we're here today and we would love to pray for you if that's you. We have all been there. And so we would love to pray for you if you feel like the earth is shaking for you and you're wanting heavens to be poured out. I'm going to invite the band to come back um, and help us in some more worship. We've deliberately left lots and lots of time for response today. I want to finish off by inviting us all to think, where do we need courage? Sometimes I need courage to have courage, you know? You kind of need to have the courage to even ask the question, where do I need courage? Where do we need courage? And is it courage to help us break out of a cycle, a cycle that we've just got ourselves in through habits and we're just going round and round and we feel it's okay and then we go back again? And sometimes those cycles can be filled with shame. But actually, God has good news that there's no shame, no condemnation, that he brings new life into that pattern. And actually, you can set off a new cycle with him, a new cycle that digs into Jesus Christ, that digs into his church, that digs into the celebration that he has for us. We have a big, big God, and we can have resilient faith to believe in him. Maybe it's courage to break out of the stereotype that's been put over you. Maybe it's courage to live a life that looks a bit different to your peers. Maybe it's the life to have courage to go and find who your Deborah is, to go and find where your palm tree is. Do you need to go and meet with someone and talk with them and pray with them? Do you need to sit in the countryside and just reconnect with God? If there's anything from the teaching that challenged you, please know that we're praying for you and would love to support you. If you need any help or support, please email pastoral at thekings.church. God bless you. See you soon.